thank you all for joining us for another episode of Queendom Talks. I am your host, Kenya B. As you know, this is our safe place to discuss all of the things that we experience in our queendoms. We won't always agree, but we will laugh, we'll cry, and we will grow together. Now, today I am super excited. I have my new bestie. <laughs> we just became besties, but my new bestie is here with me. Um, before I get into that, I, I just met her about a week ago, and she's a mom, a serial entrepreneur, a motivational speaker, an actress, and you're in the cannabis business. We have Linda No with us today. Hey, Linda. Hey, Bestie. Hey, Bestie. I don't need anybody else coming for that application. It's application's it's closed. Full. It's full. How are you doing? I'm blessed. How are you? I'm great. So one of the things that I like to do with all of my guests, I like to do a queendom check-in. Okay. And so that's where I want you to take a minute just to reflect on yourself. Okay. I want to know how are you doing mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. You know, I think that answer changes every <laughs> different parts, times of the days. But this past couple weeks, I think we, when we first met, you guys kind of got a snippet. I was a little bit, I think I was on E for the mm -hmm. first time in a long time. Mm -hmm. um, just with all the family stuff, the the loss of, of my favorite uncle, one of my mm. bestie uncles, right? And so just the drama that comes with every death in the family, with all the funeral. We mm. all have those crazy, Yeah, I got one of those in my family yeah. stories. Yeah. Um, but just having everything pile up at once, and I know we're so used to being super women, mm -hmm. that it, it was like, okay, I need to take this cape off and yeah. just take a breather. And I don't have many of those days. So for me, for the first time in a long time, I think I was on E. Really? So I'm starting to rejuvenate. You're starting to get back to yourself? Yeah, just yeah. a little bit. Recharge. Yeah. But So spiritually, how are you? Ooh, me and God <laughs> had those days. I'm like, listen here, we're about to renegotiate. Because yeah. if you're alive, I had one of those. Well, you don't question him, but you're asking him a question. Yeah. Um. So I've had that, a mixture of that this past week. But, you know, we have our temper tantrum. And then we come back and say, all right, I'm done. So, <laughs> like, I'm keeping it real. Here. Please do. <laughs> and with that being said, I'm one of those people that, I believe it's okay to question God because yeah. I feel like God knows your heart. So I have those moments like, God, why? Yeah. And I know, you know, the answer will eventually come and it's going to probably point back to me and something that I did or it's going to be for my benefit. But I believe God already knows my heart. Mm -hmm. So whether I physically say the why God or yeah. how we reword it and make it all pretty like God, you know. He already knows my heart. I said he put everything in me. That's so right. whatever comes out of me, he can't even blame me. That's right. <laughs> so that's right. We're, we're at that understanding. I was that's, like, listen here. That's right. So. That's one of the things I've seen on your Instagram. It yeah. says a server of God. That, yeah. that, that was different. That was really good. And I see that in you. Aw, thank you. And let me tell you why. So I had the pleasure of meeting Linda at the um, Heart Spaces Wellness and Lifestyle Brunch. It was a beautiful event. It was really good. And so she was one of the panelists. And I was like, gosh, I want to get to know more about her. Aww. You started talking. You started telling your story. And I'm serious. It seemed like everyone kind of leaned in. <laughs> What's going to happen? What happened next? What happened next? 
And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to ask her. And I asked yeah. and you were like, yeah, come on, reach out to me. Aww. So I appreciate that. It's I appreciate that. My pleasure. I think if we ever say that we're one of God's servants, we have to share our stories. Yeah. Because that's how he gets his, his praise and his mm. testimonies and his honors. And it just helps. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you're still serving him by serving others, by sharing your testimony. And you did. And sometimes we don't have testimonies, right? <laughs> <laughs> we still have a pinky toe That's in the right. little drama field. And we and, and that needs to be shared, too. <laughs> That's part of life. Right. That's like, the real part. That's why when, when Demi was like, Linda, are you sure you want to mm-hmm. come? And I'm like, listen, being a woman or being a man, being human, juggling life is part of being real. And I've never been one to just shun away from that. That's good. How would you describe yourself? Outside Ooh. of all those titles... Outside of mom, actress, serial entrepreneur, how do you see yourself? Or who are you? Just one who wants to serve and add value. Really? I think it, it's so bad to the detriment of me sometimes. So as a 42-year-old woman, that's been my daily, you know how you have things that you have to work on daily? That's mm-hmm. my daily to-do, is trying to learn how to balance being superwoman your version, mm-hmm. then being other people's version of Superwoman, and then also learning how to be selfish without coming off selfish, right? <gasps> There's two different things, and that's something people never talk Mm-mm. about. We keep here, we, we always say we don't want to be selfish because that's a negative connotation. Then we hear the people says, oh, you got to be selfish because if you're not, then you don't have anything else to pour in. But it's using the same words without context. That's right. And so we've got to really sometimes spend enough time to say, listen, being selfish, maybe we should use a little bit, a different word, mm-hmm. right? Because it's already deemed negative. So let's just say focus on me a little bit. That's right. So I can be unselfish to others. I'm telling you, that's the season I've been in. Being intentional with myself. Yeah. You know, you can put everybody else ahead and you'll yeah. find and you you'll find enough strength to go to one more game, to drop them off at one more practice. But what am I gonna do for myself? Yeah. So being intentional with loving Loving yourself. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. And and I was that girl, though, that genuinely, if you're good, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. genuinely. Like, I, I can't tell you what makes me happy because if you're happy, I'm happy. Yeah. So now I'm learning how to figure out if that's still my answer. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if I can add to it, right? Do you feel like at 40, you kind of start saying, wait a minute, what makes me happy? At what point did you start to say, examine, hey, am I really happy or am I just happy because... You're happy. When I have my days where nothing's going right, those are the days I question that because you're like, okay, who's here to pick me up? That's right. Who's here to say, hey, I don't want anything. I just want to make sure you're good. Yeah. Like, I don't have very many of those. So, you know, now that you put it out there, people are like, okay. And I feel like we can sit here and play hardball all day long and tell our friends, hey, where are you at when I need you? Mm -hmm. We, and the old me used to say, I shouldn't have to tell you that. I want to see how you are organically. But sometimes I feel like people deserve to know that, yeah. right? I need you to know. I just want somebody to check on me sometimes. Yeah. Because when we're dating, women and or men assume that we each know what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I don't tell you I want you to open my door, you're going to assume I'm that independent woman who's going to be all mad at you because you're opening my door. That's right. Right? So yeah. I feel like we need to take a step back and tell our friends, hey, listen, I know I'm superwoman, but there are days this is not cute. <laughs> so it's just communication, no matter yeah. what the relationship it is. is. And so I think we need to do better. Yeah. And then that way it'll make our friends step up. Ooh. You said a lot. I did. Because <laughs> it's, it's that self-examination. Yeah. It's that I'm not going to point to you 
I'm going to look and see what I can do better to get the things that I need. Yeah. That's it. Because I'm telling good, you, I will Linda. be the first one to say, I am not a good friend right now. I don't, I forget I have friends and I need a call. Because you're so caught Easy. up in saving the world. Yeah. And they know that, so they don't get upset. But then I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Now let me make sure that I'm calling. And yeah. I did that. I started doing that a good five to six years ago. Do you yeah. see that it's been reciprocated now that you've been doing it? Do you see it more co- starting to come back more? Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. People don't know. People yeah. just assume you're just too busy. And that's the thing. All my friends, people who don't know me, people on social media, like, you're just so busy. I didn't want to burden you or I didn't want to bother you. Yeah. And I need people to understand this. <laughs> if your intentions are pure and mm-hmm. with love, you will never, 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 ever be a burden. Yeah. And people need to understand that. Like, I know I'm juggling a gazillion different things. Mm-hmm. But if I know you want nothing but the best for me, I don't mind stopping and saying, you know, I'm good. Can I call you right back, though? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's one of those yeah. that people really need to um, understand because I'm guilty of the same thing. And I think with me and my friends, I am the friend that's going to be there for you. I'm going to be busy throughout my day, so yep. I might not call and check on you. So I do have to be intentional with those calls and texts. But I'm going to be busy. But when you say you need me, I'm there. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, let me see. How can I fix it? In, that goes back to, oh, let me put my cape on. Let me save the world. Yeah. So, yeah, you do just have to be intentional. No, one thing that people who get a chance to really get to know me knows that whatever you give me, your love, your trust, your loyalty, I give it back to you with interest. Mm. So no matter how busy I am, you just give me that one text, half a call, one, two ring. I'm there, right? <laughs> you ready. So <laughs> it don't matter if I'm juggling, you know, two different planets. Yeah. I'm there for you regardless. And that's, that's what I've got a lot of great love from that. That's good. Yeah. On top of all of that, you're a mom. Of three boy men. Yes, young men. <laughs> Whatever, they're babies. They can't do nothing <laughs> right now. I can tell call. us about your young men. You have a lot to brag about. Yes. Um, How old are they? 19, 22, and almost 24. Wow. They are completely high scholared jocks. Yeah. And I think, you know, we don't get to hear a lot about those types Mm-mm. of jocks. Like, you always hear... The jocks being kind of dumbed down or can't read their own contracts or, you know, got to have somebody do their homework. No, my kids were tutoring the team. They've graduated two to three years ahead of degree schedule. Come on, brag on your young man. Four to 5.0s, you know, like, I'm like, when did we ever get a (laughs) 5.92? Like, I thought we stopped at Mm 4.0. I didn't. So, I'm like, these kids are my, my, these are my degrees because I didn't get a chance to go. So I'm like, you guys are my bachelors, you guys are my associates, and you guys are my doctors. You did a great job. That that's a reflection of you. That's a reflection of you. That's why I'm still single, girl. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna get into it. One of the things I seen on your Instagram is that you allow people to send you or DM you questions. Yes. And one of the questions was, uh, what's one of your most memorable parenting moments? Oh my god. (laughs) Yes. I cracked up. Tell me about that. Okay, so, you know, as a single mother of three boys, Mm -hmm. you're always being mindful, obviously, that you don't want to be too motherly, right? Because they still need to have that masculine energy. Yes, yes. But if their dads weren't able to do that, um, then I have to always be mindful. Mm -hmm. So, I didn't know what the appropriate age to allow children to date was. Okay. (laughs) So, I'm thinking the youngest was maybe 13-ish. So the, the other ones are like 14, 15, 16, somewhere between 13 and 16, somewhere. Uh-huh. And I said, okay, here are the rules. All three of you guys have to go together. Mm-hmm. So that way there's no hanky-panky. Okay. 
you know, there's a group thing. Uh-huh. I will go pick up the girls. So it's a whole group thing. I'm meeting girls. I'm meeting the parents. I All of these rules. So I drop them off at the movie theater. And, you know, I'm not the old school parents that say, hey, let me go sit in the back of the theater. Uh-huh. I just, 45 minutes in, Google a few nice STDs. <laughs> Both that are applicable to both men and female. And I said, listen, you don't have to do the full throttle. That's right. To get some extra stuff on your faces or your fingers That's or whatever. Right. So I would send those pictures um, <laughs> every 30 to 45 minutes. You would continually send them pictures. The first time, <laughs> the first couple movies, yes, I did. Really? And so they threatened to, to block me. But I said, if you block me, I, I block your entire phone because I yeah. pay the bills. Yeah. So, you know, it was a win-win. What made you even <laughs> think to do that? Because kids these days think parents don't know or they know it all. Yeah. Yeah. And so why waste that time letting (laughs) everything go in one ear and out the other? And, you know, our children these days are all visual. Yeah. Hence Instagram. Instagram. So if I can just send you a quite quick visual, instant gratification to me. Enough said. And that was that. You like, this is going to be the outcome. Go ahead and make your and, decision. And listen, they said it worked. Really? So they're like, they were had the little hand and they kind of, you know, <laughs> that movie scene. Like, oh, shoot. Okay, then. That so. was really good. I, I laughed at that. I thought that was yeah. a really good parenting trick. Like, I don't have to give you a long lecture. I'm just going to say, hey, look, this can be the outcome. You make your decision. Yeah. That the, was really good. These kids are so smart. Mm-hmm. You know, and the problem with our some of our parenting, we, we just think we're the parent. We know everything and they don't mm-hmm. know anything. And they look for us. No. Yeah. When you do that, you're gonna. I'm sorry. You're gonna Not lose to disrespect them. a lot of these yeah. parenting skills out here, but you just do better when yeah. you're a team. Well, you did something right. They <laughs> all were great. They all did really well. And they're so back they, home. I, I've never been an empty nester. So, so are you are you enjoying that? Are you happy they're back home? I am. Like really? I just said, who needs college? Just yeah. stay home. We'll figure it out. That's because right. I, that's how much I love my kids. But the fact that they got a chance to go to Houston. One went to t- Texas Southern. Okay. One went to U of H. And the one thing that always made me happy was he said, or they both said, one, mom, you trusted us when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. So when we got to college, we didn't have to wild out yeah. like all these other kids. It was nothing. Been there, done that. And I've always made sure no matter what, they can come to me. That's good. So if they went and had experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, they were able to say, hey, we didn't like it. They were able to be honest. And that's what I pride. And so when they brag about being able to come home, they're like, Mom, other kids, when it's school break, they don't want to come That's home. It. They stay in the dorm. Yeah. We're in a rush. And yeah. I always come home with extra kids that I didn't give birth to. That's good. <laughs> that says a lot about you and what yeah, you did. That's sure. really good. This kind of leads us into your story. Yeah. So where did you get your parenting advice from? How did you learn to be such a great mom? Where did that come from? Girl, trial and error. Um, my dad shot and killed my mother when I was three. So I didn't quite have a mom or a dad. So I was raised foster style, but within the DNA. Mm. But that's not always better either, because mm-hmm. you are the ugly duckling, duckling. You're the burden. You're the last one to be welcomed or thought of. And so I just kind of, I, I honestly, there's no other explanation than God, because mm-hmm. I yearned for love and attention. I looked at kids in school and the parents and the teachers. So I was looking for acceptance from my teachers. So Mm -hmm. that's why I was a straight A student. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would do anything and everything just to get some type of validation from whoever the adult in the family was at the time. And so I just, I think I was able to be protected mentally enough somehow, again, to give what I didn't get. Yeah, yeah. 
So your dad shot your mom when mm-hmm. you were three. Mm-hmm. And he shot at whoever else. I mean, there was a, a room full, but he shot and killed her. I think he shot in my uncle in the leg or something. Mm. But So there's like a big little something. Do you remember that at all? Do you have any memories of your mom, or do you remember that incident? I no to this day nobody knows where I was, or nobody will tell me. Okay, one of the two answers. Okay. Um, but I do remember. It's weird that I remember certain photographic memories of my mother, mm-hmm. oddly, and mm-hmm. it's just flashes, right? Like I'm in bed and she sleeps with her hand over her her face like that, mm. and I'm like, and I just remember sitting there and just messing with her. And it's so weird. I'm like, gosh, I can't remember what I did last week. But, but I can, can remember, remember certain those certain moments wow. in our past. So I lost my dad when I was 11. Aww, he was murdered, and I was there. So that's why I wanted to know, like, you know, what do you remember? Because I kind of believe, it's my belief, when kids experience something traumatic as a loss of a parent or death at a young age, um, sometimes the adults around are hurting so much that they don't kind of, Stop and say, hey, how are you doing? Because they think we're kids. You, you're too young to really know. Mm-hmm. Did anyone ever stop to ask you how you were doing? They didn't. They just added more to my horrific life. Really? They did. They expected as if I'm supposed to be normal and not want for anything. And I think my dad's guiltiness, because he only did five years in jail. Mm. And he, I think he got 19, um, but he just did five in and 14 out. So instead of coming out and being my dad, he just, he tried it for a second, I think, and then he took off. And I think maybe looking at me kind of was too painful. Um, But everybody just looked at me like I was just an extra mouth to feed. Wow. Yeah. So I heard you say that you were fostered within your DNA. Mm -hmm. Was it your dad's side of the family, your mom's side of the family? It was mainly my dad's. Really? Because most of my mom's family was still in Vietnam. But I had an uncle, a couple uncles here, her brother's here, but one, um, he was on drugs or whatever, and then the other one, he had his own little family. So we were close, but my mom's dad, my grandpa, I remember he whipping me just for going outside on the patio oh, with wow. the wire in, you know those metal, the wire in fly swatters? Yes. Like the cheap dollar, yes. 99 yes. one? Yes. Yeah. He whooped me with that, so I think. That's all I remember of him. Like, I want nothing really? to do with him. So when he was in the hospital, they're like, go touch his hand. I'm like, no, 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 no. You remember that. That's the hand that beat me. So yeah. I was like, I didn't stay with them too long at all. Really? Oh, God. So how are you? Do you still have that longing for your mom? Or how have you dealt with that? You know what? When I was going through all of my trials and I couldn't get answers, like nobody would tell me. The closest to answers I got was when I was 16 I don't know how the heck I stumbled upon finding out that all this happened in Louisville. Oh, I really? thought this happened in Oklahoma because I was just three. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I was born in Lawton, so how did this happen so fast? Mm-hmm. And so I went and somehow was able to be smart enough to get all of the records. So I read the report mm-hmm. on how things went down. But then I also have to remember it was translated by a third party, uncle-ish, right? Uh, Uncle by marriage. Yeah. Um, So was it the truth? Was it an opinion? Was it the safe side? So to this day, I don't know the whys. I don't know the whats. I don't know the whos or hows. And it just dawned on me my closure, because in life we look for so much Mm -hmm. closure. 
my closure is to not know. That's good. And so that's how I've been able to maneuver through life a lot more fluidly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if my dad, they're like, why don't you ask your dad? I'm like, one, it'll bring up that. And I don't want to have to make him relive it, even yeah. though I shouldn't care, right? Um, two, I still, at the end of the day, will have to decide if what he's telling me is the truth. That's right. Because there's always a minimum of three sides to the That's story. That's right. So I'm going to have to pick and choose if I believe it anyway. So why go through all that emotional yuck, wow. right? So I kind of let it go past. I mean, that's a very then. mature thought that like that's a very you're going to be in control yeah. of your emotions and you're not going to give that power to anybody else to give you closure. That's you taking your power back. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Controlling Linda. your narrative. That's really good. Linda, yeah. I love that. Do it, you have it's hard, but you have to. Yeah. You know? Do you have a relationship with your dad now? I do. Now, listen, it was so funny. Um, not too long ago, he had something going on with his blood. And, you know, obviously, we had a rocky start. Mm-hmm. There's some more drama, but y'all have to wait for the book <laughs> one day. Okay. Um, <laughs> but if he needs anything, I'm there. Yeah. So he had a guy that, w- another Vietnamese guy that was trying to help him get his citizenship, and he ripped him off. And mm. I, let's just say when I got to the office, the man's like, do you want to follow me to the ATM? Right? Yeah. Um, but not too long ago, he had a health issue where he needed blood, blood transfusion. So I was like, okay, why don't y'all take my blood and see if mm-hmm. I'm a match and this and the other. They're like, no, we don't do that. There's a shortage at the bank, blood banks, but we still have to go and submit and make sure, you know, there's a supply for him. I'm like, okay, so then why won't you just take my blood? He's like, we don't do it like that. I'm like, but why not? So, girl, by the time I left the hospital, I'm like, I'm calling all my friends. How do we set up a blood bank? That's right. What do we do? Because this is so dumb, right? Okay, so they'll let you donate an organ or whatever to your loved one, but you can't donate blood directly? I don't even know if you can donate directly to your your loved one these days. Not in Louisville, because he was in Louisville mm-hmm. Memorial. And I was like, well, how else do you guys get? Why? If you're, this is my thing. If you have a shortage That's right. and you have a volunteer who's his daughter or family member, why won't you test me out so that way whatever's left in the blood bank can go to those who don't That's have right. family? That's like, right. Like, where's my, where's the logic? Yeah, we got to do something about that. We got to figure out how Girl, to help so that. I was calling everybody. I'm like, so how do we start up a blood bank? That's and right. Like, and I was getting really upset. And they're like, Linda, you're getting all upset over a man who took your mom's life. I'm like, okay, but that's not important right now. Yeah. I'm important. So, like, I just bypassed it like it was nothing. So I have to be mindful sometimes because I'm so over that story and it's, my story mm-hmm. that I forget sometimes people are like, whoa, whoa, but he did do this. And that's funny you say that because people on the outside don't understand your reaction. Yeah. My story to that is my dad was murdered and I have never even told my mom this, I don't think. I never wanted to put, be able to put a face to the person that murdered my dad because I feel like I don't want to see the person that impacted my life so much. I yeah. don't want to deal with that. So Did they get them, though? They haven't. Okay. And I feel like that's God's way of protecting me. Like, I know my mom. I know my siblings. I know people that really loved and cared for my dad. They mm. want that person caught. But for me, I would just rather not. I would rather not know. Yeah. Like, that's how I make my peace. So I understand you when you say, hey, I'm okay with my dad. You don't understand, but I still have my dad, and I'm still going to be able to have this relationship with him and not allow anybody else to dictate what that relationship will look like. That's good. Yeah, you have to just look at who people are. Yeah. Um, Everybody has had yucky moments. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and we're not always proud of them. And if you, you know, have a program that's called Strip the Fluff, hmm. and if you just strip all the emotions and strip the fluffy words and, and, and whatever's around it and get to the core and the basics, see what that pure intentions are. Is he waking up every day wanting to cause havoc mm-hmm. and, and, and wake up and wanting me to be a motherless child? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. allegedly was heat of crime, allegedly, you know, like I heard so many different stories. And to me, I am humbly proud of who I am today. Mm-hmm. I've never been a drug head, never been a prostitute, never yeah. took any crazy route that I deem justifiable. <laughs> right about <laughs> now. <laughs> um, but I never took those routes, yeah. those different ailments. And I'm proud. And and not to sound cold hearted, but who's to say I would be who I am today if she was alive? That's right. So you can't have regrets on something you just can't even know. That's right. right? That's like right. there are things we can learn. And there are things that we can know. But when it's losing a parent, there that's a, a permanent you're never going to know. That's right. That's and right. so why burden yourself with that? Yeah. Yeah. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, wished. You know, yeah. it's just not worth it when you have so much um, control of where you are today. That's right. Ugh. I love it. I like you, Linda. You are my new bestie. See, that's <laughs> just my new bestie. I love it. I, yeah. I just love that. That just gives you so much peace and gives you the power to be in control of that peace. Yeah. That's really good. It sounds so simple when you think about it, but somewhere in our lives, we've just complicated our lives mm-hmm. with egos and greeds and wants and desires that are yep. for what? It's to important. impress other folks and yep. get fake yep. validation. Yeah. Because when you're sick, are they going to call? Or That's when right. you lose everything, are they going to offer? Mm-mm. So, you know, yeah. strip the fluff. That's that's good. That's good. And I'm glad you said that. I really like that. Um, does your sons have a relationship with your father? Yeah, they go fishing with him. That's Listen, good. I encourage all types of relationships, even with their dad. You know, most women withhold children for child support or lack thereof and this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, listen, <laughs> love conquers all. That's right? right. If the dad moves on and has another significant other, she loves my kids, that's extra love. That's all that matters. Like, I love that's my sport. relationships with my exes. Yeah. Like, my, um, I have two um, exes. Okay. Um, and the one ex, my youngest is dad. His name is Elsie. He'll go and pick up Carrie, which is the dad of the older two, and meet us out for bowling night. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what I, and, and they'll have their respective partners, yeah. too, right? Wives, yep. girlfriends, whatever. We just have a big family night. Like, and it's easy. I'm so cool with that. Yeah. And it works. I love it. It's good. I, I can't, you know, and I, and I get it. Like, sometimes the women in their lives can't take it. Yeah. Because me and, and the exes are, are friendly, and we look out for each other, but... It's nothing. Listen, yeah. they need to, if they love th- this man, then. It's a package deal. I'm kind of there yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I'm very, very respectful. Yeah. I don't force myself into any situations, but I'm like, I always want to make sure that the women feel secure. I'm like, hey, this is your dude. I don't want him. Yeah. So. I don't want him. Let's talk about that. Um, I know you said, I want to go back to this, that you were fostered. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a good experience because I heard you say that it was like you never got the love that you wanted. No. And that's why, honestly, if you had to ask me what effects bled into my adulthood, like to this day, I don't know how to receive. Like, I don't know what it's like to celebrate my birthdays and get stuff. Right. Like my girlfriends be like, okay, fine. I'll just take you out to lunch or dinner or something. Um, Like I'm and even in relationship. I don't expect 
anything from them. I'm like, if you got it, great. If you gift it, great. I'm appreciative. Like, I'm very the state of gratitude. Yeah. And so that hurts sometimes. Like, because yeah. they say either closed mouth, don't give it. That's right. Or you <laughs> um, can't read your mind. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of like this. But if you know me, you should know I need this or I like this. And so it, it, it creates a tough um, adulthood skill set when it comes to asking for personal needs. Now, with business, that's all another story. Yeah. But my personal self, then it, it that's probably my biggest problem is because I've never been in the receiving end. So you've seen that play out in your relationships with your men, mm-hmm. the men that you've dated. Yeah. On just receiving love and knowing what that love looks like. Yeah. Because oh. you don't get to ever see anything. On, and, and the Asian family, I'm... You're lucky if they even know how to spell L-O-V-E. Like, my <laughs> legal name is Okay, Mr. tell us about <laughs> that. Because you spoke on that on the panel. You were saying yeah. that it's just not a lot of... You have to be at a certain level to get love to and respect. Re- yeah. Tell us about Because you, you get looked down upon and frowned upon should you have life be life in you mm. moments, right? When I was making my six figures or seven figures, then I was the brag of the family yeah. and then yeah. when i hit a bad spot in my life because i made bad choices in a relationship or you know life whatever life was life and you needed help and you're like hey can you help me out with this mm-hmm. i was homeless at one point me and the boys were living in a hotel and i'm like hey can you help us and it was like i've helped you enough like why do you need this why do you need that and i'm just like okay never mm-hmm. mind. i don't want to ask anymore yeah and so that's when you just it, it adds to you not wanting to, to ask people now, right? Yeah. So that constantly yeah. adds yeah. to my issues of asking for help sometimes. And you just, it's just weird. And they don't. Like, my aunt, love her. She's my best friend. She's the one that just lost her mm. best friend. Yeah. And I literally was in Oklahoma within four hours of getting a call that my uncle passed. And I, I spent the whole week, made sure she was good, this, that, and the other. But I don't think I've ever heard her say the word I love you even to mm. him and he was Caucasian right yeah um so I even I never even heard it between them the whole time the past couple years that I was there with them so but now I can get my dad to say it really um I've gotten him to say it I got my aunt who is younger than her to say it but everybody else I've never heard it really? but they say it now they never said it when we were kids Mm. But now, because we force feed that word on them, they're mm-hmm. like, okay, fine, I love you too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, you know, it's a work in progress. Yeah. But you have to be that change. You have to initiate. You have to you be. You have to be that change. And I have cousins now who, who just still have a hard time. Yeah. yeah. They don't like being put down. They don't like talking to. If you're, I was told I was fat by my grandmother at 97 pounds in high school. I was mm. told that I should be carrying college books instead of babies. Like, they were really quick to keep it real with you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they definitely don't try to blow any type of smoke up anybody's booty. They're going to be very direct and tell you exactly where they stand. Even if it's hurtful, even if it's not true, even if it's, you know, hurtful, they don't care. There's no censor. Now, you were a straight, you say you were a straight-A student. Yeah. And how old were you when you got pregnant with your son? 19, 18, 18. let me think. (laughs) <laughs> 99 he was born in 99 and i was 81 yeah. so whatever that yeah. math is yeah. um right after i graduated high school wow. Yeah. wow so how was that coming to your family saying hey i'm pregnant well first of all they didn't know they didn't know i was pregnant until three days after the I, after i left the hospital 
Okay, wait a minute. They didn't find out until after you had the baby? Right, because I had already left the house. Okay. Because my dad had been invited back home by my grandmother, mm-hmm. which it was just me and her, right? Two yeah. bedroom. No three. <laughs> so one day I came home and he's like there. And I was like, what? Wow. Um, so one thing left, you know, led to another. I basically moved out. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily voluntarily, but voluntarily. And... Um, I just kind of moved in with a friend who became like it was a roommate, and then roommate became dad number one of, and two, you know. Okay. And okay. so <laughs> I was like, okay, forget it, mm-hmm. you know. And you don't know anything about pregnancies, right? Yeah. And so I don't even think I knew what birth control was on that one. <laughs> that so you were really fresh. You were really green. Fresh. You green. Yeah. yeah. Like, I wasn't the girl that was having sex while yeah. I was in high school. Like yeah. I was a good girl. Yeah. And so um, that led to one another. And then I was like, you know what? I was going to keep the baby away mm-hmm. because of all the stuff that happened with my dad and all the stuff that happened when I was a kid. And then how he came back and was reinserted into my life. I was like, you know what? Screw him. Like, mm-hmm. this is how they do me. I'm not about to let them yeah. take my baby, right? Yeah. And then something came over me after three days of being in the hospital. I said, you know what? Let's go over to my grandma's. Mm-hmm. Let's bring the baby over there. And if they want a relationship with a baby, then it's on them. If they don't, I'm good. Yeah. I, I've washed, you know, my conscience on that. So I brought home the baby, and I've never forget one of my aunts like, "Whose baby's that?" I'm like, "Mine," because they see me. Yeah. But I didn't gain. I think I still wore size three or four. Oh lord, you were small. Birth, you were, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. they didn't know, and so they're like, I, "I said it's my baby," and they're like, "What?" And so one uncle disowned me that's on my mother's side because mm. it was a half black baby. Yes, I was going to get into <laughs> that. I was, get it. I was hoping um, you bring that up. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he was gone. And so, you know, I caught a lot of slack from that. And Because uh, your son's father was black. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so my grandma's like, why would you do that? I'm like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. So, I, girl, I had zero censor. I was so such an angry, hurt, mm. young girl. I said, so you don't want me to go black because stereotype mm-hmm. but what you want me to go with the Vietnamese who shoots and kill their wives mm-hmm. so I I hit low I hit girl Ooh, so I how, hit how did, okay so she had stereotypes about black people uh-huh. and so she didn't want you to date black right. and so you said hey you you took a shot at your dad you used her son yeah how did what was her reaction she just yelled and cussed me out <laughs> <laughs> she was hurt she, she lashed she out. Kind of yeah. Me out. She yeah. Goes, that's not all everybody. I'm yeah. like, well, that's in my story. Yeah. That's all I know. Yeah. And then on top of that, um, when me and Carrie were living in Louisville, there was this young boy. He was screaming. We were living in apartments at the time. Mm-hmm. And Asian Vietnamese boy. He was screaming, screaming, screaming. So I go and run to him. Like this is like across the hall. His mom and dad were stabbing each other. <gasps> And he was just yelling for help. He was an autistic kid oh. yelling and screaming for help. So, of course, I came. And so Did that trigger you? It To me, I was like, so I'm like, uh, I don't need no Asian dudes. Yeah. <laughs> did that trigger you all over again? It did. But it was just like, okay, so this is normal. This like, is normal. I was like, everybody has something. Yeah. Right? The white man tried to molest me. The Asian man killed my mother. The black man left me hanging with my kids. You know, like, so to me... And I recently have had a black man who raped me. So it's kind of like, okay, I've been so, hurt by everybody. Okay, so, okay, <laughs> wait a minute. You said so much in that. I, I don't want to miss. I'm so. trying to be mindful because we have somebody. Okay. But yeah. she has something she has in her ear. So, she's so you were molested. 
mm-hmm. by a white man. Mm-hmm. Which is my aunt's hus- ex-husband. How old were you? 14. He was mm. teaching me how to drive. So he mm. used that alone time to try to do what he did. Did you immediately go and tell her? I couldn't because he threatened. Wow. He's like, I'm going to leave her anyway, so you might as well not say anything. Wow. Did yeah. anything ever happen to him? Um, He died last year. But, you know. Before then. <laughs> Before then, no. no. And the craziest thing mm-hmm. is my aunt made me face him every year for our holidays. Did she know at that time? Yeah, no, she knew when I left the household. She said that I lied on him because mm-hmm. I wanted to live with my grandmother and I didn't want to do the dishes. So here's a girl who has straight-A students, who is a straight-A student. I always did my laundry, always did my chores, always great. And then all of a sudden, I'm always in my room with either a pair of scissors or a knife on my desk. Wow. And they just are so used to being caught up in their own work mode that they don't pay attention. Yeah. And so when I started withdrawing and not wanting to do my chores, that's when all of a sudden I was the bad girl. I was misbehaving. So they didn't see that as a cry for help or that something was Nothing. going on. It was, you are bis- you're being bad. Mm-hmm. You're not behaving. So my oh. dad called me from California when I was 14 and asked me why I was being the B word. I'm like, wait a minute, can you say that? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. can you say that to me? And so I was like, I just made up words, girl. I didn't even know if it was a cuss <laughs> word or not, but it sure sounded very mean. So who did you have protecting you? Who protected you? My grandmother. Your grandmother. My grandmother was my mom, even though she protected me as best as she could. In the yeah. way that she understood. Right. She's the, the way called me fat at 97 pounds. So. Yeah. But you have to look back. You know, they're saying like, hey, what was her story? Yeah. What did she know? She and could only love you to her capacity. Right. And her knowledge of love. Yeah. Not saying what she did was right, but she loved you the way that she knew how to love exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where kids and relationships mm. and adulthoods are all misconstrued. My grandmother came from the culture of arranged marriage. Mm. So love wasn't important. Yeah. And I feel like that's why we don't have, you don't hear that word, right? And so I just feel like, as adults, when we become a mixed society, mm-hmm. if we're not careful and mindful of everybody's upbringings or experiences in their lives, then you'll never get a chance to know that person. And it just stays in the, the mental state of chaos. I don't think people can lead with compassion because they're hurting so much. Yeah. And hurt people hurt are people. going to hurt people. <laughs> they don't have time to say, okay, wait a minute. Was that personal or was that coming from a place of hurt? Yeah. Why is this person lashing out at me like that? But if you're hurt, you all you're focused on is your pain. Yeah, and that's why it, it really is important for you to somehow heal, whether yeah. it's therapy, whether – like, I've never been to a therapy. That's what I was going to ask. You've never <laughs> been? I've never, girl. I'm officially self-diagnosed. <laughs> Lord! <laughs> Bestie. <laughs> Bestie. But listen, look but at you're, you're great you and know? you tell your story so well. Do yeah. you think that's a form of your therapy by it you is. telling your story? That's, that's the wh- way you release it. That's why I write what I write on social media. Really? That's why I don't play the game of algorithms. That's why I don't play the game of whatever time I got to post or mm-hmm. how often I got to mm-hmm. post because I post when my spirit leads me to post. Yeah. And yeah, we add a stinking selfie or a picture because people are so darn superficial they need some type of stop sign and if you give them words they're not going to read it Mm -hmm. so they'll stop with some filtered photo yeah um (laughs) (laughs) listen nothing wrong with a good filter (laughs) thank you snapchat um so you know i just 
I keep it yeah. completely honest, and I, I share things that I personally write. And I think that's where I kind of confuse people. If I write it, it has been applied to me. Yeah. But if I'm sharing good memes, y'all, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just want to put that out there. It was good. You seen it. You liked it. You wanted to share it. Because I feel like it's yeah. relatable yeah. somewhere in my network. That's right. Right? That's and right. so if I, if I read and I hear conversations, you and I have had conversations today, and yeah. I just read something, and I'm like... I'm not going to send it to her, but I'm going to put it out there just in case she yes, sees it. Yeah. And it just might receive. Because my thing is, if you see it, when you see it, mm-hmm. it was meant. That's right. So I'm going to share it because I have a lot of friends or however you want to call it on the social media space. I don't like the word fans, but yeah. friends on my social yeah, media. Yeah, friends. Um, Quotation points. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they're yeah. not besties, yeah. but they're friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's why I just share it because there's so many people who mm-hmm. look for a, a light. Yep. And I want to be that. I want to be that light. That's good. I know you had so much traumatic, so many traumatic things happen. Yeah. But how I'm an did, expert now, girl. How did all of that, because <laughs> listen, yeah, you went through all of that, but look who you are now. How did mm-hmm. that lead you to this point? To you being successful, for you, to you being a serial entrepreneur, a motivational speaker, an actress. How did you get from there to hear it's kind of like what i shared on saturday it's compounded life interest oh that was so good say it again compounded life Mm -hmm. interest or experience yeah um so anything that you've experienced in life is now compounded yeah and that's your value yeah so you determine what your value is so when i go and and get booked for a speak engagement i can charge you a couple hundred bucks Mm -hmm. or i can be confident by charging you 10 grand yeah. If Les Brown and Tony Robbins can charge you a million dollars. Who are you? You right. Linda No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, we all have stories. Yeah. And, and we've all have had a tough and rough and gruesome time dealing mm. with our stories. But we are through our stories now. And that's mm. part of our value. That's part of our experience. That's part of our expertise. Yeah. So for me being 42 years old and spending a good 30 of it problem solving you know, getting out of life. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm an expert hmm. at my life and problem solving. So when I got into PR, more so on the damage control, I'm like, okay, do you want me to help you out of your crisis or do you want some chick out of Harvard who knows how to fill in blanks? Who hasn't had life Ugh. experience? Who's had her daddy's yeah. trust fund, right? Yeah. So to me, if I can give you real experiences and real applications, then I'm the expert in my own field. Wow. And okay. that's why I love learning new new industries from bell bonding to cannabis to retail to mm. fashion to entertainment to restaurant. Like, I've done most of I just can't fix a car. Can't tell you <laughs> nothing about cars. That's about it, though. And can't cut you open and sew you back up in one spot. Wow. Outside of that, I'm pretty okay. <laughs> so let me, let's go to this. So you were 19 with your first son. How old were you when you had your second son? They're 16 months apart. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. wow. So I by swear 20- to God, the minute... We were released from our post, our little <laughs> thingamajigger thingy. Yes, and when they just, released you. Yeah. And then that one time, because I don't think he and I really had time to do anything else. That one time, I think, did it. Wow. Yeah. So by 22, 23, you had two kids. Uh-huh. You and your kids, you and your fa- your son's father, you all were not together at that point? or were We you were still, still together. Y'all were still together. Mm-hmm. And you were figuring it out. Yeah. You didn't go to college. Nope. So what were you doing? I was working. <laughs> I was, I at that time, I did apartment management 
So mm-hmm. this is how you survive. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm promoting young pregnancies or any of that stuff, but if you already had that moment in your life, you have to pay for rent. Mm-hmm. So I worked anywhere where I can get a discount. So if I needed a home at a discount, then I would work into apartment management. And then part-time job, I would do retail because then I would have clothes for mm-hmm. that job. So it was always making sure things worked for the betterment. How long were you and your son's father together? Six years. So by 27. And so I got 18. Let me read you the math. Yeah, 25. So 25, you're on your own with two boys. Mm-hmm. How are you figuring it out? What is your thought process? I know you're saying, hey, I just got to figure it out. How yeah. did, at 25-year-old Linda, how did you say, okay, listen, I'm about to take life by the horns and figure this out because I know what I want my life to look. Or did you even know? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I think at every age and every day, we feel like we got some of it figured mm-hmm. out. And that was enough. And we don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, yeah. But that was enough for us to be like, yeah. all right, forget you. Let's go. Yeah. Right? And he and I just had, you know, a different dynamic on how we wanted to raise our kids mm-hmm. and whatnot and how we wanted to live. Yeah. You know, I, I dreamt big. I was like, I'm going to get a mansion one day, you yes. know, and he was cool with maybe what he had at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no disrespect to his wants, goals and needs. But if you have bigger goals and bigger dreams and your partner doesn't, it's kind of hard. It goes to unequally yoked. Yes. A lot of them make it sound like religion, but you can be unequally yoked with your desires yeah. and what you want your life to look like. Yeah. yeah. No, I met him. So I met him and been with him and had the kids a total of six years. So I think I met him when I was had been 17. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we were friends for a while. Uh-huh. I had four jobs in high school. So one of the jobs was IHOP and the other job was at two of the other jobs was two retail stores in the mall. And he was mm. he worked mall. He was supervisor for mall security. And then he would do that. And then he would go to IHOP and eat. And so we were always friends. Like, yeah. we would meet. So, yeah. So I was even younger than that. But you figured it out. Yeah. So what started the transition into all your many businesses? How did that start? How did that come about? There was no nine to five mm-hmm. that I could qualify for, whether you're a degreed or not, that would allow you to be mom. Yeah. When your kids are sick. Yep. Um, so and afford daycare. Mm-hmm. So daycare what was averaging one kid at three fifty a week. <laughs> Times up by two, yeah. then times up by three. Um, so who who makes that kind of money yeah. to do that? And then the fact that when they did go to daycare, then they got sick. So and then you, you can't off. go to daycare because yep. they got to be at home. And yep. there was no corporate job that will ever allow you to be off a week, every couple weeks, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. your babies were still babies. And so I was forced into getting into job spaces that would allow me to work from home. So anything sales, real estate. So I ended up getting into mortgage um, or sales, anything to do with where I can work from home, make a lot of money with one or two sales, and be good. Yeah, good. So how did you get into PR? Ooh, that was by accident. Um, I was in a relationship, and that relationship was around some of our NFL, NBA guys. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to be around when they were having they made some mistakes in their lives. <laughs> Linda can fix it. <laughs> and I said, hey, you know, how yeah. about this? Yeah. And I offered it. And, and it, I think it's just being able to think quick on my feet and offering a perspective 
And I think because of who I was and how I delivered it, it was respected and received. And so it just kind of parlayed into the whole world of, okay, damage control. So learning how to be proactive. Did you enjoy that or do you enjoy that? I do. um, Sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't take all clients because if they just want a buffer to constantly do bad, I I won't take Mm -hmm. them. Um, But if they made some mistakes and I see that in their hearts of hearts they want to do better, then I'll help. Oh, wow. Now, how did you get into cannabis? (laughs) It was so hard. I went from getting people out of jail for having cannabis (laughs) to growing and selling and learning all about it. So my cousin was, I think she was born with a cannabis seed. Like, that was part of her sperm (laughs) that made her. Um, And she was all about it. Mm -hmm. And she got with my aunt. Once Oklahoma got medicinally approved, Mm -hmm. She convinced my aunt to stop doing nails, convert the nail salon into a dispensary, and basically went full throttle. Wow. Okay, wait a minute. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah, so it's strictly my cousin, um, and she pulled... Her and I were both the head of our families, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, she had the, the pretty paperwork from colleges mm-hmm. and the Grammys with graphics and mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, and I just had great Google University slash life PhD. Yes. Right? And so we are kind of the heads of the family, and she pulled me into it, um, and we just together collectively worked and built the structure. Mm -hmm. So she was all about the plant. She sent me to get certified to learn about the plant on the geeky, nerdy side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I went and did my part and then helped her with the infrastructure of the POS system and stuff like that, and she... She was such a creative genius. Like, she just builds things. And so I just did whatever she asked, and then I said, okay, good. Yeah, set up. Good, good, good. I'm going back to Dallas, yeah. right? Because I'm yeah. like, this thing still stinks. Yeah. I don't know how you folks smoke this thing. It smells like a skunk. It yeah. should be called skunk instead of <laughs> weed, right? Um, but mm-hmm. I, I really did appreciate learning from the clientele after years after years and of learning and, and being around the stores to see how people were cured from big pharma from Mm -hmm. all the opiates Mm -hmm. and just being better without having to take 10 to 20 different pills a day and this that and the other and so i became a fan of the medicinal properties so anyways my cousin my aunt um had a disagreement and she exited the picture your cousin did now how the one that was all Mm -hmm. cannabis sperm yeah um so she exited and i was somehow inserted Back into the picture because my aunt is, she is today now 74 years old. Oh, wow. Uh, we started back in 2018, so y'all do the math. She was still in her letters. Um, and she's full Vietnamese. She doesn't know the fluidity of business, especially yeah. with English uh, yeah. forms. So I saw that she needed help, and I just did my best in ever since then. My uncle's like, oh, well, I want one now. So I built his completely by myself. So that was probably one of my biggest business wow. proud moments. Um and ever since then, I've kind of been a little queen of the South. So how do you like it? How do you like the business of cannabis? I hate it. Do you? I do. Um, I love that it's helped helping people. Mm-hmm. I hate that it's still a space that people get hurt and rob and steal. Mm. And at the end of the day, it's hard to find people that you can trust around drugs and cash. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it, it's tough. It, it's yeah. tough in that space of it. And it's not a business that you can do, you can run, set up, and go live your life, right? It's not one of those 
autopilot businesses. Yeah. It's one of those that you better either be hands on or be hands on or be hands on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Whether it be with your partner, some somebody in your family. Right. Um, somebody that you can trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and will have the same passion yeah. and in the growth space is very sensitive. So you can go through a quick million in a heartbeat from mm-hmm. lighting, electricity. Like I think our electricity bill this month is 7,000 just for a grow operation that may or may not yield enough pounds to pay that one electric yeah. bill and, and take care of the overheads and let it be that, you know, he comes in with out with a certain cologne or some smell and then you go into the room and it taints the flowers because they're babies. They're yeah. sensitive to, if you do it right, um, they're really sensitive like human beings. Like you wouldn't want to bring a newborn and hand it over to a guy who smokes and smells like a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. It's the same concept with marijuana. I don't think people know all that goes on. They don't. Now, getting licensed mm-hmm. to be able to sell cannabis, did you run into any red tape? Did you feel like that was a hard process? It's still hard. It takes us a year to get renewed, mm. and by the time we get approved, we got to renew again. Um, mm. Only because Oklahoma is still the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for California or any of the other legal states, but Oklahoma, every six months, three to six months, they're adding something new for us to kind of overcome to the point where we were the number one state that held the most licenses. Um, but now because they've kind of messed up and overly saturated everything, because even though they only charge 2500 per license, which is probably the cheapest of all states, mm-hmm. um, it outgrew. And now they're having to go back and shut everybody down based on just the sky's blue. Really? <laughs> and so now they're trying to kind of kill it off some. But they're constantly charging fees, and it's just not its not fun. It's not yeah. enjoyable unless you really, that's your thing, right? I think those are the only people who should be in it. But unfortunately, Big Pharma's coming. Mm-hmm. So the Walmart, Pfizer, all of them have already put their applications in. So any of these mom and pops or any of these small, yeah. yeah. So I get emails every day asking for um, kind of the different, another kind of big pharma where they're kind of combating against them. So it's just like other companies that want to grow and expand by collaborating. Yeah. Um, so. I don't know. There's just so much everywhere. So you're kind of in the middle, I would say. So how do you feel? Because you, you're you also a bail bonds. I was. Oh, you I was. was. Okay. I left that in 2016. Okay. Okay. So how do you feel about people still being in jail for marijuana? But over here, you're able to sell cannabis. Yeah. Where, what are your thoughts on that? I think anybody who's still in jail regarding marijuana, you know, obviously exactly what it was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think every single case needs to be re-looked at. Yeah. You know, if it was just something simple, distribution, small distribution, I mean, if they've done a couple years already, I think it's time to let them go. That's right. Um, But at the end of the day, you and I both know that's how the government makes money is to keep people jailed. So is that a fight we're going to win? Probably not. Mm -mm. Um, But hopefully if we have people who actually want to take the time to learn and hold our local government accountable and ask the right questions, which again, that's kind of whole another. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. until people really get it together and really unite and really do it calmly and respond and not react, then I feel like we're gonna always be in this vicious hamster wheel. Yeah. Good. Don't even mention government. It's a lot yeah. going on with the government it, right it, now. I was all about the justice <laughs> system until I saw there's no justice in the system. So. Mm. What makes you feel that way? 
Um, I watched it. I watched and was a part of it. Like I had an ex who harassed me through the judicial system. Um, and instead of looking at the facts and saying this is not something you should be able to file suit on, they just let it file suit and let it drag out where attorneys can charge what they want to charge and the time can be taken up and, you know, your business can be infringed on and they just allow that to happen and oh, wow. I've seen too many of it and, I, and I've and i been on, you know, it's funny because I was a bail bond um, woman, but when I went into the courthouse, they thought I was an attorney or the DA, so <laughs> I'd come in and fight for my clients, which yeah. is something people don't do. Bail yeah. bondsmen typically Mm-mm. don't have any too many involvement, and so when I would go in and fight for my clients who may or may not have a court-appointed attorney, like you just see so many people get dismissed um, unfairly. So I just go in and I stand up for them. So I have a question. So you have mixed biracial young men. Mm-hmm. So when Rachel, racial tensions are always high, mm-hmm. but during the George Floyd situation, mm-hmm. how did you feel? It was a scary situation because you always, you know, whether we like it or not, we're all public figures. That's right. Um, and so we have to be mindful of how we come across when we say what we say. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard sometimes because although we are completely jaded by what we visually see or what we are allowed to see, we go based on that, and we'll never get the truth. And so it's just kind of like my mom's situation, right? I can't get too mad about everything because I don't know the full story. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of things with the George case that, one, he, at the end of the day, no matter how right or wrong, there's no justification for what happened. That's right. That's right. That's but right. at the same time, we do and we should have been made aware of as much as to the closest to facts as possible because this is where... I see a lot of things go wrong, and this is kind of where people get a little unfriendly. But sometimes just because we have the right to doesn't mean we should, Yeah. right? I know I have my rights. I know you have no rights to come at me a certain way because I have certain rights. But if I come and react a certain way, Hmm. now I'm allowing me to lose leverage on what I could have gotten you for. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about just George. I'm just, just talking in about general. In yeah. general. Yeah. And, that, and that's where a lot of st- troubles get stirred up and multiplied and amplified. Mm-hmm. And then we can't solve anyone's problems. Yeah. Right? So I've heard so many versions of his story. But not even so much his story. Just as a mom. Yeah, to being to raising raising. Because I'm going to tell you, I am... There's a level of stress, a level of concern. I my son's only 12. Yeah. Because guess what? He's not the cute little black boy that was in class and you thought he was so sweet and really cute. Now you're seeing him as a young man. Yeah. And so the energy towards him is shifting. Yeah. So not only you had three sons. So what are you telling your sons? How are you preparing your sons to go out into the world? Because physically... How do they appear? Can you look at them and physically tell that they're black? Or you know they're a minority. Yeah. So what are, how did you, as a PR person, having working in the bell bun system, having just experienced life, what has been your communication with your son about the world and how the world will perceive them? I'm letting them know it's unfair. Yeah. But to remember, no matter how right you are, you will always be wrong depending on how you deliver it, Mm -hmm. because you're already going to be wrong based on what you look like. 
So you adding your your loud, crazy screaming stuff doesn't help, yeah. right? Um, they're boys. They're gonna be reactive. They're gonna be like cussing and this that, and the other. So I'm like, if you can't combat all the other odds that are already against you and give some type of balance here, then maybe we have a chance. Mm-hmm. And that's a maybe. Yeah. Like my son. Their hair. I mean, it's fro. Like you're gonna know, yeah. right? And then today, my youngest has um, had his girlfriend braid, mm-hmm. so they're those little braids, and that just gives you another visual. I'm like, okay, is this kid a good kid? Is this a bad kid? Is this mm-hmm. kid smart? Is he intelligent? Like, all, you can tell all these people looking at him and just casting judgment. So those stereotypes, stereotypes are starting to be cast upon him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. every time how you wear your hair, mm-hmm. how you wear your clothes, how you what car you drive is all stereotypes. And I worry about them all the time, especially down at Texas Southern and mm-hmm. U of H. I'm like, just always be respectful as possible. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's not always gonna be fair. It's probably gonna be less fair than ever fair. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. the game of fair and unfair Unfair is going to always win. That's right. Right? And so let's just do our best. And and that's all I can. Yeah. Just pray for him and let him know that, hey. That's all I can. And it hurts. It hurts. I'm like, God, you're out partying till 2 a.m. I'm like, who does that, right? <laughs> and I'm like, but then you can't get mad because yeah. they're, they're 4.0 kids. And yeah. so you can't get upset because they're, they're RAs, they're responsible, they're respected by all their teachers in school and buildings and this and the other, and then they're going to party. And then that's life. You do want them to experience life. But, of course, you're worried about their safety. Yeah. But you don't want them to live in a box trying to yeah. be safe. Why? You want them to enjoy the same freedoms as everyone else. Yeah. And, it, and it's it's hurtful sometimes because you do get nervous when yeah. the cops pull them over or they've had a brush in. Um, and you do want to be mindful of how they view policemen because they're kids. Mm. They're going to view policemen as all bad, mm. right? And so we have to do our job by constantly saying, okay, they're not all bad. Yeah, Some of them make horrible decisions. A lot of them are bad, but there's also a few great ones. Yeah, the same and, way you don't want to be put in a box yeah. just because you're black. So I've said And there's been some black criminals that you are yeah. a black criminal. And I've said you're a black basketball player. Doesn't mean you're dumb. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like people want these... Our, our different communities and cultures to be so dumb quickly, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just one of those that I just tell them to just just be mindful. If you don't have to, if, if somebody's not getting hurt, let's just try not to amplify it. Have they been, have they had any run-ins with the, or do they, have they experienced any racial profiling or any racial discrimination? They do. They do. They do. Do they mm-hmm. tell you about it or do they They just do. Come, yeah. They try to wait later. <laughs> After the fact. Um, to tell me. But yeah. I, you know, I try to, you know, when you have your, your motherly talks about sex and rape. Yeah. If you're dating a girlfriend and you're in the middle of a heated session and she tells you, no, that means get the heck out of there. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so you have to have the same conversations when it comes to that to anything to do with law enforcement. Don't sit here and question, why you pull me over? Let's not do that. You can be completely right, but for right now, they got the gun. They're right. Just now. get home, and you we'll know? fight it once you get home. And that's home. what I said, and I said that in school. I will fight until I have no fight left in me. Yeah. But please give me a chance to fight. Yeah. Confidence to fight yeah. for you. If you make me look bad, me going with all my might is not going to help. Yeah. So if you can just give me the dirty truth, at least I know how to combat it. Yeah. I am PR. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I've always told them, just give me all of the dirties and the goods, and then let's create a winning plan. So with all the many hats that you've wore, 
or that you wear. Yeah. How, as a woman, how are you taking time for yourself? My girl time, my tribe. Yeah. Like, I, I have to. Like, I was just like, okay, I'm pausing on mom right now. Yeah. But, gosh, it, they make it so easy to be mom. Like, I don't even. <laughs> like, I'd rather go out to eat with them anyway. Yeah. You know, but I do have my girls, my tribes, that I'm like, okay, I need one of those exhale moments. Yeah. And we just go, and I'll, and I don't need much. I just need a, a dinner, and I'll explore some pretty fruity drink. Mm. And, and that's it. And we'll just have girl times. And honestly, when I help other people with their problems, it helps me too. Really? Weirdly, I know I'm a You nerd. are a giver. You are a <laughs> giver. You just want to give, give, yeah. give. That really makes you happy. It really does. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, when I go and speak around the world and they're like, what helps balance you out? I'm like, knowing that I'm not the only one out here going through these problems. Knowing mm-hmm. that there's people out here that's got it worse. Yeah. That's what genuinely balance you yeah. out, right? Yeah. And sometimes you need it visually go and and serve at a homeless community go and serve so you can see that your problems are other people's wishes it's not as bad as you thought there is that serve again what are some of the charities or that you serve in or that you support that you would like others to support and Um, there's a private school api that was the school that remember when uh dion with prime prep was going Mm -hmm. through the crazy mess and they were kind of messing um, so he took the, some of the kids and, you know, got them situated and we took, um, some of the kids and opened up API. Okay. And so it's an amazing school that allows them to get hands on learning. So it's a private school setting in a public building. Um, and we also have online courses if they don't live here, but I think it's an opportunity for them to learn real life. Good. Um, not the typical Eight to three, you're learning two plus two is four. Yeah, yes. um, But we do obviously make sure they pass whatever test they need to. But we give them like cooking skills, entertainment skills, mm. like things that they could actually go and get a job at after school. Trades. You help them find a trade or something that they can. Yeah, that's good. And then um, president that's of good. Emmanuel Moutier Foundation. Of course, he was a basketball NBA guy that's based mm-hmm. out of Dallas, and he wanted to serve his community as well with single-parent households, and um, wanted to also help build middle class for the Congo, his country. Um, Stacy Jackson, she has um, sparked the Leadership Foundation. Her son was Jerry Brown Jr., who passed, Jackson, who passed in 2012. He was the cowboy player who died the night before his first game. Um, So she got his um, book back one day after his, after everything, and found out he wanted to create a foundation to always make sure kids had everything they needed for school mm-hmm. and scholarships. So um, I help her with that as well. And then there's United Friends who help um, the homeless and serve the homeless. And that's by my brother Donnell Akers, who serves every Saturday. Um, and his actual organization serves every first, second Saturday of each month downtown. I love so, it. So, I mean, there's. I it, love it. it. I love going. it. You're like, just pouring back. You have to. You just have to. Because at the end of the day, so me and my kids tried to do it without organizational help. (laughs) We they used to get schools like like if she goes now, she'll probably get like peanuts every snack thing. They'll Mm -hmm. bring it home. So we put it into a Walmart bag. Every time a Walmart bag would get filled up, we'll go downtown to the bridge. Mm -hmm. So we started doing that once a month, and we would get stories. Mm We get story time from the homeless. How did you end here? Mm -hmm. Right, Mm -hmm. and they'll tell you, and. It was great up until one thought I was Lucy Lou. 
And then I said I'm not. <laughs> and when you tell them you're not, that means you are. Yeah, it's like so she doesn't want us to know. Yeah. Everybody starts running. And then the police says, Linda, I really love your efforts, but I don't want you to be hurt because out here these people could be yeah. killers. Yeah. And then some. And so we had to stop <laughs> and do everything in decent and order. Yeah. So you found charities that you can get behind yeah. and support to do it. And, I, and Journeys of a Young Lady, like there's a lot of um, – Youth organizations I love, and I love going to career days or, or different school events to go and, and hug on babies and, and talk to them for sure. That's good. You seem like such a well-rounded woman. Like, mm. you have it together. What is love like being you? What's love like being Linda? Serving. Mm. If I can, if and serving and quality time. Mm. If you can choose to want to get to know me, I love you. Like, we're yeah. friends. Yeah. Because you could easily just sit here and scroll and, and think you know me and watch a couple little things and think you got a, a better insight of who I am. But if you choose to want to get to know me, I'm forever your friend. Do you feel like men are intimidated by you? I don't know. I I think I'm such a goofball. I don't think <laughs> I don't think intimidation is Well, can I tell you this? So okay. I watched another podcast that you did. Uh-huh. And the thing that made him attracted to you was your honesty. Yeah. What you told him, you were like, hey, oh, I'm going to yeah. be late. <laughs> I was like, I would have never said that. That's completely transparent. Oh, listen. Do you mind telling them or do you yeah, rather not? Would you, no. Go ahead. So that was my <laughs> my bestie, Lateris Whitfield. And um, <laughs> it was a first time meeting. And he only wanted to meet me for business. Yeah, business. Yeah. And I was, listen, I was right across the street. Like, you can walk across the street. And I said, hey, I, you know, if, if you beat me there, I'm right across the street. No big deal. I'm, I'm just buying some Azo because I, I have a yeast infection. And um, <laughs> that's what you told him. Listen, I this did. <laughs> I did. And he's like, wait, what? Who does that? I'm like, listen. Mm-hmm. Linda, no. <laughs> And so we women, we stress. Yeah. Like, there's there's all types of ways we they can throw you off. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it could be the wrong panties. It could be the wrong material. It could be it's too Anything. hot and the jeans are too tight. Yes. It could be I'm stressing. For me, it was antibiotic. Yeah. You know, anytime I'm prescribed oh, yeah. amoxicillin or anything like that. It's going to trigger. Yes. But you told him. I did. And guess what? It made him intrigued with who it, you were. Listen, if if I can be honest with you and we're, we're just <laughs> friends, then you know I have. I that's right really reasons that's what he said he said it was your transparency it was like wow if she's this honest about one of the things he said in that interview he said being honest if there's a difference between being honest and being transparent Mm -hmm. honesty is just you telling the truth but transparent is telling me what i don't know to ask and you were so (laughs) trans that was like real transparent i was like linda oh no i wouldn't have said it listen i'm still waiting on azo to send me a a freaking sponsorship (laughs) deal please (laughs) but i mean i don't know how to do it any other way it's just less stressful because this is the thing you and i both know now with the power of social media You've got DMs full of anything mm. and everything. Yeah. And unfortunately, if you can't handle my transparency, <laughs> that's one level of weeding you out. And you're going to get them out early. And that's yes. how I do it, yeah. to be completely honest. I'm like, okay, this is me. Yeah. And um, did you have issues dating with your young men? Yes. Like, <laughs> Why am I still You didn't let me finish. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, how was that? I mean, were they, how was it dating and trying to raise three young men 
it was tough yeah. because you you still even to this day well now now my men are men um yeah they are but it's hard when they're younger do you allow somebody who is your your significant other obviously after the correct amount of time mm-hmm. right i'm not gonna date you at first date you can come home and discipline my kids right yeah. but that's always the shady um grounds how do they discipline your kid because mm. as a woman, you need that male authority around your, right. your kids, right? So yeah. basketball was my son's dad, yeah. right? Um, when my when their dad couldn't be, and so it was a village thing. But it is tough when it comes to men and discipline. So what I did was to make sure that the children's dad always met whoever I was dating seriously. Mm. If you're gonna be around my boys, then let's let me introduce you to their dads, and y'all can talk it out. That's good. Um, and I always wanted the same in return, but I didn't get it. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, that's a man. Let's just keep on going. Come yeah. on. That was good for you. Yeah. yeah. So so that's how I did it. I, I just good. kept everything open and transparent. And I and I told my, my guys that I've dated, listen, if my son's dad is stopping by tonight, he's stopping by tonight. Like, I don't have, oh, you're dating somebody. He shouldn't come over. He's not coming into my bedroom. He's coming upstairs to the boys or he's yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Like, that's their thing. And, but the thing is, when I'm in a relationship, if I'm on the phone with you and my ex comes over, you're staying on the phone with me. I'm not getting off the phone. I'm not entertaining. I'm not doing anything yeah. sneaky. Yeah. I'm giving you come over if you want. Like, yeah. I don't do anything to give the guy I'm dating any insecurities. Yeah. But did you find that they were still insecure with that relationship with your sons? Not really. No. Well, that's good. Yeah. So I, you let them be real comfortable. You were very, yeah. again, transparent. Yeah. Mm. It, and it's tough because, you know, you and I, like, I use a lot of terms of endearment. So that's usually mm-hmm. the first trigger for men. And I'm like, you call everybody babes. I'm like, okay, Ann. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. like, I'll call you baby. Yeah. But it, it just, you know, you yeah. teach people how you want to be treated. Yeah. And I, tr- I try my hardest to be more than fair. Yeah. So you're open to love. Oh, yeah, for sure. Even though my kid says I'm never getting married. <laughs> they don't want you to. And, uh, Is yeah. that because they don't want you to? I, or? I, you know, I got to get some more clarifications on that. They they uh. think they they say I'm not grown right now. Okay. I have a curfew. <laughs> oh, so they're their parents. The roles are starting yeah, to. Somehow. Okay. okay. Some, but they can have whatever <laughs> yeah. they want, uh-huh. and I'm supposed to, like, support it. <laughs> um, so I'm, we're, we're still negotiating, I think. Okay. He did say I'm not allowed to have any more babies. I'm like, but, like... Five to eight years ago. I don't. Okay. Okay. Just ask. But you know, I've learned that when you tell God there's a definitive no, he somehow makes you look like a fool. I know. know. So I've learned to escape and dance around those questions. I have a, listen, I have a 12 year old that will be 13 in November (laughs) and a three year old. So trust me, (laughs) I know. I know. Oh, and let me give y'all some more freebies. I have number two and three, and I was on birth control. So let me tell you something. Wait a minute. You, you were the point whatever it is percent? Of course I was. Oh, So man. this is the thing. If you are on birth control and you get sick mm-hmm. and you get prescribed antibiotics, yeah, you can those things will wipe out your birth yep. control. So go double up after yep. your five days worth of antibiotics or seven yeah. and make sure you are good. Because the doctors don't tell you that. The cigarettes will tell you you will die one day. <laughs> They have a warning label. <laughs> but antibiotics does not have a warning oh, label. Wow. Birth controls does not have a warning label that says if you take antibiotics, you are no longer protected. Is that what happened with number three? Two and three. Two and three? Yes, because I was like, okay, one <laughs> I was on the pill, one I was on the shots. I'm like, okay, oh, pills wow. didn't actually work. 
Gosh. So let me do the shots. Wow. Well, well apparently now God we... wanted me to have mm-mm, the Trinity mm-mm. or something. So Well, that's good. Linda, <laughs> I have enjoyed you. I you are truly my new bestie. Well. Um, one of the things I like to do, okay. I like to ask all my clients, all my clients, listen, I'm thinking about all business. Your, your Ooh, only bestie right now. I'm <laughs> thinking about business. All of my guests for a queendom jewel. Okay. And that can be a model. That could be a life lesson. It's just you giving them something to put into their crown that they can apply to their daily life. What is your queendom jewel for our listeners? Never assume. Choose to ask questions, even if they're hard. Because at the end of the day, whatever you ask God for this morning is being delivered to you. And if you assume that this person is not your cup of tea. That was possibly God's messenger or deliverer. And if you assume that that person was not approachable or is not somebody that's worthy of your space, you just blocked your blessing. Oh, wow. So just never assume because we all have stories. That's right. We all have shields. We all have walls. We all have heard have had hurts and pains. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we want the same thing. We want love. We want wealth, we want health, we want family, we want to live with options. That's it. And if you're going to say that you are of God or believe in God, then don't judge because you never know how he's going to bless you and through who he's blessing you with. That's good. That is really good. That is so, so So thank you for wanting to learn me more. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you for agreeing. I mean, I'm telling you, it was about a week ago that I'm, well, a week today. Yeah. And you said, yeah. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> so thank you. So do you That's have anything? Pleasure. Well, I know you have a lot going on. How can people support you? What do you have going on so people can support you? Ooh, we've got a couple of red carpets coming up. Um, so I, I like to always dibble dabble. Okay. Right. Just to kind of keep my, my brain exercising. But I am walking, working on a talk show and a podcast as soon as I um, get moved. But I am going to do a podcast, and then I'm going to do a live audience TV mm. talk show. So I definitely, when that time comes, I need y'all to all be in the audience and we behave. Come, <laughs> come support my bestie. Right? <laughs> support and behave. Yeah. And honestly, you know, I, and I ask people, to support me is to grow your personal IQ. Do mm. yourself a favor, and, and my challenge by getting to know somebody and getting a new phone number at least once a day. You know something else I've seen? that you said you said you try to you talk about your network is your network mm-hmm. but when you get to your network what are you going to give them mm-hmm. so you should be growing your iq getting every knowledge every day yeah. i took that from you i seen that i seen I that love i love you. that thank you yeah. so much that was really good i appreciate it so how can people follow you um linkedin to me is my favorite okay. um no limit ngo l-i-m-i-t or linda no um, because sometimes Instagram and Facebook loves to delete people, mm-hmm. and I've had that done too many times. But you can still find me on there, the pop-up talk on Instagram, and Linda No on Facebook. All right, so. Linda. Thank you again no, for coming. Thank you for having me. I no really, really enjoyed it. I want to thank everyone for listening this week. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at Queendom Talks Podcast, and I'll see you all next week. Woo-hoo! Thank you so much. This week's episode of Queendom Talks has been brought to you by the Rose Group Real Estate Team at KW Loan Store. The Rose Group specializes in first-time homebuyers, families that's looking to downsize or move up. 
So if you're in the market to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, please give us a call and we'll be happy to assist you. Our number is 817-523-9644.